Hey, welcome to Mind Your Hives Beekeeping <laughs> podcast. So Karen, Karen and I just had a discussion on I, why I get so awkward whenever I say Mind Your Hives Beekeeping podcast. I think it's dumb. You know, I don't need to say podcast. But now I guess you have to because you feels, are even wor- we- weirder than you were before. Yeah, it feels weird not saying podcast. So just say it. But it would be like being like, welcome to Sports Center television show. It's like, that's not needed. Yeah. Whatever. Welcome to Mind Your House Beekeeping. <laughs> this is episode 11. I'm here. I'm your host, Greg Lehman. I'm here with my lovely wife, Kara Joe. Hello, hello. Um, and uh, we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to talk about just like a little follow up to our previous episode where we talked about what we are doing for winter preparation. Um, we're basically completed. We've completed our winter prep. You know, now it's things are in the hands of nature and we're hoping come March. Well, we still have a couple other things we have to do. Yeah, we'll do a little, a few things, but... Like, first, we need to pour this beer. <laughs> True that. Let's crack a beer. Oh, this is a special yeah, beer. Yeah, tell the awesome beer. Oh, good timing. Um, so, we are drinking a beer that's actually made with our honey. So, uh, repeat brewery to the podcast. This is Second District in Philadelphia. Uh, this is a Vienna lager made with our honey and a little bit of chamomile. It's delicious. Uh, and it is called Silk Upholstered Chair. And it is the bum. I got to say, like, and I've said this to a few people. I don't think the ingredients, like the name reads real well. Vienna lager with chamomile just doesn't give me. I don't hear that and go like, man, I want to have that beer. But this beer is unbelievably good. It's you so good. You put chamomile on anything. I'm like, I want that. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm a weirdo, I guess. I'm not a big like Vienna malt fan for the most part in beer. And like chamomile in a lager, it's just, it's, uh, it was a little off the wall for me. But Ben Potts, brewer over at Second District, that dude knows what he's doing. And I think I can honestly say breweries are so heavy-handed in their ingredients these days that when I hear about adjunct ingredients, I think my brain goes to the worst scenario that they're being overused. But uh, but Ben, is he understands subtle. And, oh, man, this beer is so good. So the malt in it gives it that sweet taste? Is that what that is? It's like a sweeter lager? Yeah. I mean, it. you know, it's all it, there's so many factors with the yeast and blah, blah, blah. But gotcha. for the most part, yes, the malt is what's doing that. Honey's going to dry it out. So, like, I think the honey counters that Vienna malt a little bit and the chamomile smooths it. All. It's it's great. Would you it's say good. there's chamomile in it, though? Like, Maybe. I think it's really subtle. Like, I, need to be, I think I need to be told. Actually, it's true as I'm tasting the finish. Anyway, dude, this beer is awesome. Check it out. And I'm obsessed with the graphics. They incorporated the Mind Your Hives logo. The way they did it is awesome. I love so it. So good. I'm not positive who does their labels, but shout out to that person. They rock. Um, all right. So anyway, we're going to do a little winter profile. All right, here. Let's just get this out of the way. Thank you for people that have asked. And we like we super appreciate your concern. We're still in the middle of dealing with everything. Like we, we don't have, we can't safely get onto our property yet. That got ruined in Hurricane Ida. Insurance companies, I, fuck I'm, insurance companies. Uh, yes, yeah. And Kara takes most the brunt of those conversations, and really does the legwork there. And she does as much as she can. Um, yeah, it's just you know, thank you to Kara for everything you're doing, and just. Again, appreciate people reaching out and so many people listened to the to that episode and reached out and just like beautiful 
thoughtful ways. And I got to say, when I re-listened to that episode, my brain was wonky and like, I there's I said things that didn't make sense. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I like one point I like said chalk brood instead of foul brood, like just dumb slips of the tongue uh, like that. Okay. I think one time I was trying to say like, uh, family is more than just blood for me. It's not just blood family. To, and I was saying it in reverse. <laughs> like it, I was saying the opposite. Well, uh, yeah, that was a frustrating one, but. <laughs> Our brains are kind of still mushy. Yeah, we're trying to move through it. That's all you can do is really just yeah. move through it. Exactly. So here we are um, doing a little winter prep follow-up. So we had a really warm fall. Um, and a warm fall is fine. But like really the problem is the bees use more energy. Whenever the climate is different than it should be, right? So fall is supposed to transition into winter. And I feel like we went summer to winter this year. Um, every year I know it seems it's, it does. I feel like I say this every year now, but whenever that happens, it's going to mess with nature. And, you know, it's not like there wasn't a ton of fl extra flowers in bloom and a, an extra, a ton of extra nectar available, but the bees thought there would be. So they're flying around using way more energy than they should be. Um, and wasting it. Luckily, though, when it, we have an extended warm fall the way we did, you are able to feed your bees a little bit longer um, because it's warm enough. So we were able to, to feed them more to counteract the fact that they were wasting all that energy, which means they need to eat more food. So just beware out there if you're living in an area that you had a really warm fall or I mean, who knows what's going to happen this winter. Yeah. If you have a really warm winter, this is a big time issue. Um, the bees will eat through their stores way quicker. And you just got to be on it. So what have we done? We put some, we put some sugar patties in. Um, if you want to know how to make sugar patties, just, you know, give it a goog. So easy. Um, shout out the comedian, Mark Normand. He always says, give it a goog. Oh. And now I'm saying it. Bastard. But uh, yeah, just give it a goog. It was like ten, 10 or 10 to one. It's just ratio. sugar, sugar and, and then a little bit of water. water. Yeah. You add water and you stir it up. Yeah. And then I put them on a paper plate. So I fill a paper plate and it makes like a perfect kind of patty size disc, which just so happens to fit perfectly in a five gallon bucket. So it makes it an easy place to store them. Um, in previous years, we've just had like them stacked up all over the place. All weird. Like once I figured out, you can just make them into circular discs, put store them in a bucket. It was much better. Um, it's easier to carry it out to the. Yeah. Apiary. You just carry the bucket. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, we put quilts. Yeah, we, so we, we put a, what we refer to as a moisture quilt. Really, it's a shim. Um, we staple uh, screening to the bottom of a shim, and then we load the top up with... Wood chips. Yeah, pine shavings. We had some cedar shavings, some pine shavings. So what that's going to do is it's going to absorb some of the moisture. You do want some moisture in your hives. Like That's how they get their water, is from moisture, built, moisture building up on the sides of the hives, but... You don't want too much because too much moisture means frozen bees, which they die. So it's a game we play. And we do one wrap of a uh, of an insulated hive wrap. It's very, very thin. Um, it's mainly uh, for wind protection. Wind protection. It yeah. just really seals everything up. But it also on a hot day, on a sunny day that's cold, it's going to warm up a little bit. And it's going to give the bees a little bit more. Uh, but again, we want to try to be as natural as possible. So we don't want to over-insulate. We also, because we fed two to one for so long, um, we waited until the days were cold 
consistently before we wrap them up. That's a great call. Yeah. So we, because we were giving them moisture, you know, we're giving them syrup. So we're adding moisture to the hive. We really didn't want to do that and have a wrap on there when the days were still warm. Cause that just sounds like a recipe for way more moisture than you want. And like driving around and talking to other beekeepers, they were putting their wraps on, but they had stopped feeding already. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, that was a good call. Um, and we still, the one thing we have, to, well, we still have to give a couple more patties and we need to do our December OAV treatment. Yeah. So we're going to do one more oxalic acid vaporization. We've got like the vapor gun. Um, uh, we're going to do one more. We, it's always between Thanksgiving and Christmas is when we do it. And uh, just that one last time, knock down, hopefully any mites that are hanging out and just give them a better chance. Um, and then it's really just maybe in February, we peek in to see if they've eaten a, a sugar patty to just to see if they've gone into that supplemental feed. And a lot of times but, in February, they start le- like, yeah, for the most late. part, here's the thing. Like you, you can't do much. So you definitely can't go in the hive in in the hives in February, but you know maybe the end of March you can. I try to wait till April, but you we can peek in and see if they've eaten that sugar patty, and if they have, you know oh shit okay we need to give them maybe more food. Which we've never had them eat never, the sugar. Patty. Never had to do. We've like, we've had them eat some of it. But, yeah, but but yeah, but we also you know we late. we make sure that they have enough stores whether it's their own or we give them some two to one syrup in like September. So, yeah, um, also involved with winter, as I was thinking, is like, what can we be doing right now to help pollinators come springtime, come summertime? Um, And I thought of kind of Karen and I last year, we did this focus on, you know what, we're going to plant some native plants. Um, And we decided to focus on planting button bush last year. So, I mean, how many? 19 button bushes. 19. And Cara, we did a uh, Cara Joe Skin Care. We did a... Every April, we do a buy over $50, plant a tree, plant a bush. <laughs> ah, sorry. <laughs> might have sounded like a fart. It was a... <laughs> gulp. Gulp. <laughs> plant a tree, plant a bush uh, that helps native bees. So, last year, we planted 19 button bushes. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, and so, the cool thing about button bushes is... They bloom from, I I don't know when they start blooming, but they stop blooming in like October. They have a crazy extended yes. nectar and bloom session, and season, whatever you want to call it. everywhere, in yeah. sun, and in native. shade, in wet, in dry. Yeah. They're like indestructible. So I think actually, well, on that's all on the property that got taken out by Ida on the new property. I think we're going to do button bush again. We're yeah. going to plant button bush. We've already scouted some locations. Yeah. But here's what I'm, t- what I want you all to do. Commit to doing one, just one thing. Don't go crazy and say, I'm going to, you know, whatever, just commit to doing one thing this winter and knock it out. So do you know of a native nursery around you? If not look up a native nursery and just go pop your head in. And maybe you even say to those people who for the most part are wonderful to talk to, um, maybe you just say like, Hey, I'm looking to do something to help pollinators come spring or summer. You know, what can I do now? And see what they say. They're going to know best people in your area. They're going to know what's best and just be honest. Like, Hey, I, I don't know much. Help me out. Or like, maybe you do know a bunch. You say, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, what do you got? Go find a native nursery, commit to doing just one thing. Maybe you end up doing more, but just commit to one 
and and knock it out you know it's probably like late march early april is planting things at the earliest so you got a little bit of time but yeah what else are you doing this winter right nothing (laughs) yeah (laughs) i wish um so yeah i don't know anything else like follow-up winter prep that we're we've done or is worth talking about i was just thinking like last winter like we um this past year we did a lot of letting the bees build their own comb. And so I helped you a little bit, but it was primarily you putting together frames, just like that kind oh, of stuff, like yeah, prep, yeah, like yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I put together like a thousand frames, not quite, maybe 500 frames. Yeah, with the little nails. Yeah. I was like, I'm busy, I can't help you. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, don't, um, I don't buy the disassembled frames for the most part, but... Uh, we inherited those. We inherited a bunch, and I wasn't going to not use them. So we did it, and it ended up, I mean, it was a pretty cool little experiment that we just, we. I did a few configurations to see what the bees would build best. I put, like, chopsticks in one. I did a starter strip of wax foundation in some. Um, I did nothing. I just left it blank in some. And it was, it was interesting seeing the bees build drone comb versus, you know, regular worker comb. Um, we ended up any of the ones that they built drone comb in, we pulled those a couple times over the summer, froze them. So we did, that was a way of managing mites. And then we put them up top then, above. Yeah. We put them above honey, you know, in the honey supers and had them make cut comb, cut comb. Yeah. yeah. So, so just, good. I think just like any equipment, like what are your goals for the next year? Like maybe what mistakes did you make and what do you want to do? What do you want to try to do differently? Um, Because last year, one of our goals was we want to build more comb more efficiently, help or help them build more comb. And that was you building the frames. Building the frames and then committing to continuously checking on them. If you look in a a couple of our YouTube videos, um, one at College Settlement Camp, I'm introducing their hives. I show how they're building comb and I, I continuously am moving those from the outside to the inside and making sure that empty frames that they need to build are next to eggs and brood. So they get built out quicker and it's a, it's a game you play, but you got to go in the hives every one or two weeks and you gotta, you know, you gotta really keep an eye on hives when they're building comb because you don't want them wasting energy and building it incorrectly. Yeah. Inefficiently. So, yeah. yeah, So so like setting goals, looking at what do you want to do? Do you need more equipment? Do you need more boxes? What do you, you know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, for beginners, their heads are spinning going into winter. They don't even know what to expect. You know, we can look at some of the hives and go, I feel good about that. I feel really good about this hives. And you can look at some and go, oh, man, I don't feel as good about these girls. Um, we're still, it's still a crapshoot for us. But as a beginner, we had no clue. And I mean, shit, we consider ourselves beginners still. Um, but one thing I can tell you is if the, that hive comes out of the winter, coming into spring, you're splitting that hive because uh, so you're going to need more equipment. Yeah. Um, so be prepared for the best case scenario that, oh shit, I'm going to need to split all these hives or maybe you go, Hey, I don't want more hives. Let me hook up with a local beekeeper that I'm friends with in this community. Cause I've joined my local bee club and uh, let me say, Hey, I'm going to have extra bees. Let's work out something here. You know, we gave away, I tried to do the math on it. We gave away like seven hives last year. Yeah, early. Uh, early. We, I mean, we caught... All right, we'll get into that later. So anyway, just kind of be prepared. Think about what you want to do. And maybe I'd love it if everybody committed to doing one thing for 
uh, pollinators uh, come springtime. That'd be awesome. Duncan, our old dog, keeps farting, and I just keep getting whiffs of it, and it's so gross. It's like old dog man farts. Oh man. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right, so we thought we would also we would do a little recap of this year. So, as we were kind of bouncing notes back and forth, it ended up really being like, what did we, what did this year teach us? Um, a lot. A lot. Answer. It was a big year. <laughs> I mean, we went from ten hives, nine hives to. At one point, we had like 22 oh, or four. Yeah. Um, and now we have 15 going into winter. Yeah, so we merged some together. We lost a couple um, in the move, and now we have yeah, 15 or 16. Um, I think it's 15. Yeah. But anyway, so you know, what did this year teach us? So early on in the spring, we got into ape therapy, and we started doing bee venom therapy. Um I had really good luck doing it on my knees um, for some pain management. Um, in doing that, and well, we even ha- have before we ta- that, have we talked about? No, we haven't talked about it. Holy crap! So before the the real impetus of this was, I decided I wanted to go gloveless, just because it was a challenge that I was scared of, and I was like, let's like, I then I have to kick myself if I don't do it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to do this. So obviously, in going gloveless. You get stung more, and I really liked it a lot. And you liked getting stung? No, I really liked Masochist. going gloveless. No, it just you can. Yeah, it's min- so much better. Yeah, like I also feel like a chump when I'm wearing gloves. Oh well, that's just you gotta get over that. <laughs> but my ego, I'm yeah, right totally ego. Um, and there's sometimes where you do have to put on gloves because the bees are just like gonna sting the crap out of you if you don't put gloves on. There's times that I wear gloves because I know I have to work quickly, and in working quickly you're you just you're gonna be clumsy and you're gonna get stung yeah so if i need you, to if i'm like shit i gotta get this done because i started throw gloves on i started going gloveless first and you, oh, were, you were gloves slowing and you me. were so annoyed at me and i'm like dude <laughs> you're wearing gloves i'm not you were slowing me down i was so, like you need to work separate hives. yeah i was like we need to work separate hives and do my thing i'm having a good time um so i started getting stung more which was fine and then as I started getting stung, I started itching in the bottom of my feet. Yeah. And you were like, that's a non-localized reaction. That's not good. Yeah. And then one day I was like, yeah, I'll do apotherapy. Yeah, yeah. Kara's got a jacked up back. So you did me Along with every four, other beekeeper in this world. Four times, like along my spine, near my neck. I now, think. what's interesting is that Kara had never, I used to and still react more harshly to bee stings always locally but when we first started beekeeping if i got stung in the hand I, that hand was professor clumped and i was not able to use that hand for the rest of the time i bee kept now i get stung it swells up a little bit not that big a deal kara never really had a i would uh, get swollen but you a few it's i also funny, a few wasn't really getting got, stung yeah, that much i got stung a lot more than yeah you. you did i don't know why maybe because they i'm a brute like me of a better. man and i'm clumsy um, but uh okay so did i just call myself a brute of a man yeah i don't know did. what that meant i'm it was more sounds was, masculine I, it was like a negative thing i was saying but it sounded weird uh so there's so we do it and like 15 minutes later I am so itchy, I cannot stand it. And I go upstairs and I am covered in hives. 
all over. Did like, you mind your hives? All, yeah. All over like my rib cage and my stomach and my chest. And then it spreads my arms and my legs. It's like, I'm not going to give you too many details, but it's everywhere, people. Like eyelids, everywhere. Your private parts are real itchy. Yeah. I remember you saying that. And hivey. Yeah. Every inch Hy-vee. of my body. So... So we're like, oh, okay, uh, you need to take some Benadryl. Yeah. And we need to look this up. So then it happened twice, and I am so upset because I'm like, because I know so many beekeepers have gotten allergic, and then they have to quit, quit. beekeeping. And I'm like, I don't want to stop doing this. I yeah. was so upset. So I call an allergist. First of all, I try to look it up on the internet. And yeah, like, oh, God. Well, not even that. Like, I don't know. I can't take, like, cute farmer wife's advice just because who's she she's not a doctor like i don't know so i call an allergist the allergist was like so great and there's a lot of like judgment in this allergic to bees beekeeper conversation yeah i don't know about this because i'm not on facebook but you are and you see it yeah people will be like hey what can i do i want to keep being a beekeeper and people i've seen get like real nasty like nothing is as important is important enough to do this you're risking your life you could just die i know somebody that died randomly and it's just like it's like real aggressive yeah so then i was so worried for you so i because i've seen the doom and gloom in these dumb beekeeper groups on facebook so you call an allergist and go for it and she's like this isn't a big deal i'm not really worried about you actually like just getting hives is not anaphylaxis and it's no longer a need to get allergy shots but since you're a beekeeper you need to come in so i come in and she puts me on a series of thank god she was it's covered mad chill. it's covered by um insurance. health insurance yeah. yeah so we didn't have to pay anything um and so it's a series of shots and she was like because you've never gone into anaphylaxis and all this she was like i feel like we can move pretty quickly with you so I go in, and you understand the whole sequencing of it better yeah, than so I do. Yeah, so say um, say one full bee sting is, w- just call it one part bee sting, right? So if you if a bee stung you, it's, they stay, it's the stinger stayed in you for five minutes, you get the full dose of venom from a bee sting. We'll call that one part bee sting. Kara started with point zero zero one. Part. Shot. Yeah, like a thousandth of a part or a hundredth. I mean, a, a really small amount. And then the next time it was like, you know, four hundredths. Then it was, uh, and she progressed. And she moved pretty quickly. And you did it, what, twice a week or once a week? No, just once a week. Yeah. But I went all summer and then I got up to one bee sting. And then the next time she was going to give me two bee stings and then Ida hit. So I haven't been back. Yeah, you haven't, but you did get stung a few times. So yeah, I have gotten stung, and even right away, I got stung. Um, it seemed like you kind of. I was fine. Stop like, having I, reactions. Yes, I was fine. I think what so when we did a little bit more research, it seems like because Kara went from really never getting stung to getting stung to getting so stung much. a bunch without gloves, and then getting popped a few times for, with apotherapy, it was a fast track to an allergies an allergy can pop. Yeah. And we've also learned, and we talked about this in a previous episode, but like as a beekeeper, if you keep getting stung, you'll keep up your immunity for the most part. There's freak occurrences. No doubt about it. 
Yeah, so I haven't gotten my second shot, but the other day when we Your were, very last shot, you mean? Yes. Yeah. The other, not the other day, like, I don't know. Uh, time means nothing, but we were in... <laughs> yeah, we're in 2020 right now? No, 2021 right now? Yeah. We were in the bee yard, and I had my suit on, and I was like, oh, my arm. Did I get stung in my arm? And I didn't see anything. And then we're out in the yard talking to people for like an hour later, and I take off my bee suit, and I look at my arm, and there was a stinger in my arm and been my arm for yeah. 45 minutes, an hour, and I was totally fine. I got a little redness. So I just was really excited because... Must have been a nurse bee giving you a... I got nothing. My second shot. Yeah, you got your second shot. Um, or my <laughs> shot of whatever. Um, yeah, so I just thought that that was really hopeful because I went into it like panic attack like so worried that i was gonna have to stop doing this and i Shit, was i was also i'm like oh man i'm on my own now yeah. we just built this business up and <laughs> i've been banking on teacher wife in the summertime being able to help out yeah and then yeah but no rock star dude so yeah it's really good so but I also think now you're wearing you're not you're wearing gloves well you know, i like, can go back to not wearing gloves at some point but like in I don't know. I'm going to have to go back to the allergist and like talk to her. I'm yeah. not just going to abandon and, and her. And you know, like you need to get stung monthly anyway. Right. You know, you know, you got to keep that going. Right. Um, so that was big. Like that was a, a big thing that we never even talked about. We kept being like, we need to talk about this. And then we didn't. Well, I wanted to finish all my shots first and then that never happened. So, <laughs> but there's a lot of misinformation. There's a lot of judgy information out there call an allergist, have a conversation with them. And about also it. the shot is like, you go in, if you've never been to an allergist, you're in and out in like two seconds. Like, yeah, shot, and that's it. She sometimes would make me like sit there because she was worried about me, but. And that was when she was up in doses. Yeah. Because she was, she had you on the fast track. Yeah, so. So um, what else this year teach us? Yeah, we started apotherapy. Hey, shit, we started this podcast. Um, we knew that we wanted to grow our apiary naturally. We, we didn't just want to buy hives buy packages buy um, queens buy queens we wanted to you know rear our own queens and we we were able to do that like i said at one point we went from nine to like 20 something um and then settled back down to 15 16 um but that was cool that was catching swarms we always every time you catch a swarm you learn something we had uh, good success with our swarm traps um God, okay, we caught success, some yeah Wow, fifty percent. That's great. I, th I think the average, like with that style of what we do, is thirty-three percent. Oh, because there were four up. Yeah, and the one we caught two in. Five up. We had um. Five up. So anyway, so yeah, uh, learned a lot about that. Um, we 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 use queen mate. We use mating nukes. These little tiny mini mating nukes, right? For uh, when we get queen cells, or if we maybe we cut out a a supersedure or a. We cut out a um, swarm cell. We take some bees. We've talked about it before. We put them in this little mini mating nuke. Um, we have like four or five of them now, and we just continuously learn from mistakes with that. This year, one big mistake we always did, uh, we just left the queen in too long. She'd go and get mated, come back. We're like, holy shit, we found eggs. I think moving forward, the second we see that that queen's laying eggs, we cage her. So she can't fly away because they they bounce out of those mini mating nukes so quickly. Also, I've gone in, I found a like same day, queen, and then 
gone back in. Yeah. And she, she's gone. She's gone for another mating flight and she never makes it back. Yeah. Or she, they swarm. Yeah. But all the bees yeah. have been in there, but or she abscond. hasn't. I mean, it's more of an abscond. Yeah. Also, I think there's, there's little hives get really hot. Like, you know, you got to keep them out of, keep them in the shade. Yeah. Cause as soon as they start heating up, they're bouncing. But anyway, yeah. so we, we got better at that. Um, we made some mistakes and we always do with merging of hives. We were not successful with merging yeah. this year. We do it. No, no, no. Towards the end of the year, we were. I'm but, saying like overall. Yeah. You know, I, I think one of the big mistakes we did was we would do a newspaper merge, but we wouldn't cut some slits in the newspaper. And for whatever reason, that makes the bees not transfer the pheromone as gently. And then they went ahead and killed the new queen. You know what else I think? Did that happen to us like two times, three times maybe? Well, also... We didn't wait long enough. You really have to remove the queen. Yeah. Give them a couple days. Let them realize they're queenless. Yeah. And then they're like, maybe they start freaking out and and thinking that they don't have, realizing they don't have a queen and then give them a queen. You know, it's also, I'm so hesitant to like kill a queen and replace her. I just, I like always don't want to do it. Even though I'm like, this queen's genetics are not good. She's had high mite loads. We, we're going to replace her with one that controls them better. I just, ah, I hate it. And then I push it back. I'm like, hey, maybe somebody needs a queen really bad. I'll like see if somebody, we and I'll wait and I'll wait and I'll wait. And then something happens. So I just need to like shit or get off the pot sometimes. Yeah, they've also chewed their way out of the styrofoam mini mating nuke. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah. So um, a good resource for mating nukes. Guelph. Yeah, Guelph University of Guelph Honey yeah. Bee Research Center. If you G U E L P H, it's uh, kind of near Toronto, Canada. So they have good YouTube videos. Um, really, they, really good. Yeah, that's uh, Dr. Vincent Oloyo with Montgomery County Beekeepers directs me to Guelph, and yes. I'm like, oh shit! If Dr. Oloyo is telling me to look somewhere else. Like they're good. Yeah, they've got lots of, of videos, videos on lots of stuff, but yeah, they. Uh, the, the main guy, I can't remember his name, but he's awesome. He wears this like beekeeping apron, <laughs> just like a little hat. And he's just like, he's, he's awesome. That guy's the man. Um, so yeah, we just, we like evolved in our queen rearing. And I think I'm, I'm excited to be even better at it next year. Um, because we're not just trying to buy queens. We're trying to breed from the stock that we see doing well and go from there. You know, it's, it's, it's not that difficult to buy a queen keep her in the cage, put her in a queenless hive. They accept her. Cool. You know what I mean? Like if you need to do it, but if we can breed from our own stock and just try to better the genetics in our area, we're going to try to do it. Our beekeepers association also has an awesome oh, queen wearing yeah. program where that we can buy, um, queen cells that are right about to hatch for like five bucks. Yeah. If you don't belong to a, a, a club you gotta do it and they're all over the place yeah maybe that's something like you know if you don't belong to a club winner thing you're one thing join even a lot of the clubs are doing a lot of online everything that's probably worth it so montgomery county beekeepers of pennsylvania the club that we're a part of um it's i think 20 bucks for a family membership 15 bucks for a single membership for a year and most of our meetings are still on zoom like i i started going to meetings at an ohio beekeepers club this year um, because all their stuff was on zoom and they had great speakers like, you know, there's other options out there. If something's not close enough for you to drive too, check it out. We've got great speakers. If you want to join ours, bomb. um, 
yeah, we, we got better at catching swarms. <laughs> we had some funny videos of swarm catching this year, like going in to grab the virgin, finding oh, the queen, geez. trying to catch her. She disappears, try to catch her. She disappears. A couple times. Getting out of the queen clip. We had that, that, uh, that, uh, like old Asian couple that was like not into us getting, we followed a swarm onto their property and they were not into us being there at first. Yeah. And you had to deal with that. Like we just had situations about arise. that. Yeah. But just always, if you're going on someone's property, make sure you let them know. Yeah. And when they tell you you're not allowed to get the bees, you tell them, I don't care what you say. I'm getting them anyway. <laughs> Kindly. Kindly. Charmingly. And you will convince them. Hopefully. We really dove deeper into understanding and looking for disease within our hives. And this yes. also, by the way, this is what's going to happen when you when you go from two, four hives to 10 hives to 20 hives. Like you need to be more aware of these things or you're not going to be able to grow like this. So we need to do this in order to keep growing the apiary for sure. But Carrie, you did a real big push. You were like really into looking for disease. Yeah. So I think I said this in another podcast, but once I got over any anxiety or fear in going into the hives. Um, what do you mean by that? Like just. Just like that, you know, you're going into a beehive. There's. It's yeah, years ago you got over all that. I think like last year is when I really. And like going gloveless really had me stop doing that. Um, and also learning that the bees can be all over you and they can, but that doesn't mean they're stinging you. No. So yeah. really understanding their behavior better. But I wouldn't say years ago I was better. I think it was, I mean, it gets better and better, but. Now I, I, I going into the hives, I'm not scared. You know anymore. what it also is though, like when you have two hives and you inspect every couple of weeks, by the end of the season you've done, you know, twenty inspections. When you have twenty hives and you go in every couple of weeks, by the end of the season you have four hundred inspections yeah. that you've done. So yeah. just the sheer volume of handling of bees that we've done over the past three years compared to our first three years. Oh my god. So when exponentially that, different, yeah, when that goes away, then I found for myself that I could focus on other things and I could better understand what was going on in the hive and all that kind of stuff. And then at our beekeepers association meeting, they talked about disease and, um, just being able to like you looking for that, like not just looking for, all right, is there brood? Is there queen? Is there honey? Is Go there pollen? Deeper. Remember that movie? No. Uh, Biodome? <laughs> Biodome, but I don't know Biodome. if I could ever quote yeah. or under, or remember quotes from it's Biodome. It's pretty gross, dude. He like, is in the Biodome thing and he farts. And the guy's like, oh, man, what did you have, like ranch Doritos? Ew. And he's like, go deeper. He's like, oh, God, you're making me <laughs> gag. What are we talking about? Oh, <laughs> oh sorry. I, I said go deeper. I felt like I needed to explain myself. Yeah, Maybe I well, shouldn't have. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, just seeing the disease and then being able to understand, okay. Um, what do you do? Yeah, you know? what is this disease? And then what are repercussions? <laughs> What's really interesting, I also talk, took a inter, like intermediate bee course from Montgomery County Beekeepers Association with Dr. Vincent Aloyo. And, uh, Name dropping him a couple times this episode. He's amazing. Um, Dude, I'm going to go grab another beer. Great. And... Uh, so one of them was Israeli uh, acute, Israeli, what is it? Paralysis. 
Uh, it's a virus, but it's not associated with mites. So there was this one hive that a lot of the bees were just crawling on the ground, crawling on the ground, crawling on the ground. And that's one sign that you have it. And so what I was doing is I was just picking them up and dropping them and they would just fall right back to the ground instead of flying away because they can't fly anymore. So, you know, that is a, just being able to pick those things up. There's also a really good book that was recommended. Um, it's from the Penn Station, Penn Station, Penn State Extension. Uh, I don't, it's diseases. What is that book called? The little like pamphlet thing. Yeah. What is that called? I think I have it in my notes somewhere, but I mean, if you look up like go to the Penn state, I'm going to look it up. If you go to the website, if you try to buy this thing on like Amazon, it's like real expensive. Oh, it's a, it's like 30 some bucks. But if you go to Penn state's $11 and a field guide, isn't it a field guide? That's what it is. Yeah. Um, it might say something about disease. I'm going to look it up, but, um, you know, looking at that, also learning. I think this is really big with disease. So you see like these, um, are they uncapping the brood because of disease and trying to like remove it? Or are they capping? Whoa, live bottle. Yeah, baby. Um, or are they capping it because it's brood and it's ready to be capped? So one thing that I learned um, from the state inspector coming to our hives is if you could only see Greg is there's foam everywhere um (laughs) is that I'm just drinking from the bottle to stop it if they're uncap if they're uncapping it it's oh no I'm sorry if they're capping it's in the center of the cell so they work from the outside to the inside and if it's symmetrical and the hole is in the center of the cell, they're capping. But if it's you know anywhere other than the center of the cell, it's most likely that they're uncapping and that there's disease. Also, is there other like fat, juicy, ready to be capped larva around where you see this pinhole or hole in the cell? And if there is, it's most likely that they're capping. Um, so I just found that to be really interesting and a new way to inspect and new things to look for. Yeah. It's look, it's looking at it, looking at the, the frames with a different eye, you know, and that's really the progression of beekeeping. You start out by just like, okay, I see eggs. Cool. I know I have a queen. I see eggs, uh, to like, you know, looking at the individual cells to see what you, what you find. Would you find the name of that guide? Yeah. It's called a field guide to honeybees and their maladies. <laughs> Penn state. That's right. You thought it was, yeah. Disease, but yeah. Maladies. Yep. Um, yeah, but like eBay, it's 25 bucks. Go to the Penn state website. I don't, I think I might've even gotten free shipping for it. Um, it's, and it's ex- not big. No, it's like a, it's a field guide. Yeah. Um, and there's, there's pictures and, but it was interesting. I mean, you, you were just talking about Israeli acute paralysis virus, but it really is like, you know, deformed wing virus, uh, Israeli, the, uh, just straight up parasitic mite syndrome. Which is like every, like yeah, it's an umbrella it's statement. Blanket, but it's it's being able to identify it and then knowing what happened. We saw, oh my God, did we see mite levels fly through the roof this year more than ever before? I mean, low counts in June to crazy high counts in August. Um, and we had to act on it, you know, with some treatment stuff. 
so we keep learning in that regard. You're you're just constantly learning about. I learn more about mites, I think, sometimes than I do about bees. Oh yeah. Um, we we did a lot of moving of hives this year. <laughs> yeah, because well, we originally <sighs> we and if you're interested in this, if you go to Carajo Skincare and Bee Farm, um, I think the handle's just Carajo Skincare on Instagram, and scroll down. There is a reel of Greg and our friend Chad moving our first beehive in this kind of pharaoh way um, because we got bees from another beekeeper that just oh yeah she yeah, yeah. became she became allergic oh this is interesting going back to the allergy thing real quick um something that we learned was when you get stung and this was what happened to her she got stung and she there's this red line from her sting i guess on her hand up to her armpit where her lymph node is and she was like there's this red line i have to quit beekeeping she actually said her doctor said that well, she because had to quit beekeeping. i also think a lot of doctors are misinformed on this subject or i don't or they know. just want to err on the side of yes yeah, stop beekeeping right but when we we talk to allergists it's it's different it seems to be a different conversation um and the red line is the venom going through to the lymph node system to be flushed out. So it's actually like a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. Diluting it. It's being like diluted. It's getting to where it needs to go. Yeah. yeah. So um, she quit beekeeping, which was good for us and our friend. And <laughs> yeah, she they, gave us a lot of equipment. Yeah. And they moved the beehives in the pharaoh style. And that was the first time. I like that you're calling it pharaoh style because it is it's like carrying yeah. a pharaoh. Yeah. So there's a video of that. Um, it's super simple. Yeah, just not so fun. easy. Not fun. And it's one of those things, again, <laughs> like I'd move hives a bu bunch of times and nobody ever said to do it that way. And then I saw it and I went like, duh. Yeah. Oh, duh. Duh. Um, we, dude, this is something fun we learned. Uh, the joy of painting bee boxes. Oh, guys, paint your bee boxes and have your paint friends them. them. They're do so, it it's so much. We always got them dipped. And like our club is a great wax dipping program. And I'm sure... Dipping them makes them last even longer. But, yo, it's so fun. Prime the high. Stack Wait, the boxes. Ready? Yes. And you put, with a roller, prime them. It's so easy. And you put pennies in between the boxes. Yeah, just so they don't stick together. Put a penny, like four, you know, at each corner, put a penny. But we were taught that painting boxes was such a pain and don't yeah. do it. And really, it's, it's not. not. And, and then we had, all we had was um, spray paint. So you prime them. Prime right? them with outdoor, indoor, outdoor, you know, whatever. Primer. Primer. And then use outdoor spray paint. And we had so much fun spray painting the hives and having people come over. And it was like, you want to spray paint a hive? Next and thing you know, is like three hours later. And it's. And it's. Uh, we wouldn't even. I didn't. I, I didn't, didn't know how talented some of our friends I are. Know. And it's also <laughs> so relaxing to just like watch people do their thing and people were getting like we would give them tape. Yeah, oh, great outside oh, activity. Yeah, like social distancing activity. Yeah. Absolutely. And we had a, I mean we had a lot of boxes to But paint, we but ended up yeah, people were using like news crumpled up newspaper and tape and, and leaves. leaves. Yeah, leaves and just uh, quarters, pennies, like just using other mediums to other things and to we got do designs. Oh, it was so fun. And then we had people sign them and they would like write us yes. little messages. Yeah. So, yo. Yeah. Paint, paint your bee boxes. And, and I, guess what? If it if you want to just if you want to paint them again? Paint them they, again? Just prime them again. Paint them again. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So easy. So fun. 
The joy, I wrote the joy of painting bee boxes. And I also I think was, you might have said the joy. I did, yeah. I did, it is. It's the Bob Ross Maybe in you. Maybe need to get back to that. <laughs> and I also was like intimidated by spray paint. And then I just like yeah, bit the bullet What's and like did your it. tagger name now? You probably have something <laughs> cool, right? And it was just wonderful. Yeah, paint your boxes. Um, we had a very big mental shift this year that you've definitely heard on the podcast. Mm. But we went from... Kind of say, from save the honeybees to save the bees, or at least we went from say, saving the bees does not mean saving honeybees. It means pollinators. It means native bees. Um, honeybees aren't native. And although when you beekeep properly, or at least what we would call properly, but I'll say if you beekeep properly with the environment in mind, you're helping be- honeybees the non-native honeybees that we all keep, and you're also helping pollinators as a whole. Bees, you mean, not pollinators. You said native honeybees, native bees. Um, Native bees. And I remember being depressed when I learned this. I was like, oh man, we're not doing what I thought we were doing here. So this is what made me understand it, is that honeybees are non-native and they're generalists, meaning they will get nectar and pollen from anywhere generalist they'll they'll get it from all sources native bees and native pollinators are considered i think it's generalist but i could be wrong i think it's generalist i know it's wait you're trying to say specialist right specialist now? yeah i know it's okay. generalist i think it's specialist native bees are specialists meaning they're only going to native plants and they very rarely go to non-natives which is why honeybees can just flourish because they'll they'll eat anything and they'll you know collect pollen and nectar from anywhere but and the native bees can't and the problem is is honeybees will pollinate invasive species so they grow the things that nobody else can eat right yeah and then and the and the reason that native bees only go to native plants is because they evolved along with these plants they know its food so even if this invasive species has all the food that this hun- this native bee could need, it's not going to go to it because it doesn't realize it. Yeah. Now there are some native bees and some native pollinators that are generalists. That like they're not all there. There are some that are, um, but like it's the whole thing. Plant native plants. They help everything. You know. So I think that it's almost like a paradigm shift that we had in how we approached beekeeping as a whole and how we approached pollinators as a whole. Um, Really, I think the focus comes down to plant native species, plant native trees, plant native flowers. That is the best thing all of us can do. I was looking for the book that um, I found out a lot about this. Um, I'm going to get it in a second and I'm going to tell you guys what the book was because it's really good. <laughs> Yeah, you I mean, we're, me I'll no, just we're yeah, I, I, I mean, I, what else did we do? I mean, that was, that was a lot. We just growing the amount of hives we did this year, man, we learned so much more. Um, and, and uh, crazy, like our September, we didn't beekeep at all in September. Um, and we got back to it mid October. So we missed a bunch of beekeeping that was really vital and important. And I hope we can, you know the bees we have left can survive. Yeah, we'll find out. But it's also why we don't have, you know, 20 plus hives out there. We lost some hives in that time period. 
Yeah, we also, I mean, that's why you have nukes, right? Because you need to merge them, and you do that when they need it. Yeah, we we call them a resource nukes. We have a couple nucleus hives that just we steal from, and we use them to do things, and they're backups, and they house and, queens, and, you know. And they're good to build comb. Yeah. And they're good to steal from when you need to test. If you have a queen, you can put, like, Couple yeah, we can steal a frame. Yeah, steal yeah. a frame of, of eggs. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what this. What's we'll just post. We'll saying? post a picture of it in in our. Uh, Great. In an Instagram post. That's what we'll do. Let's do I'm it. I'm saying it out loud, so you carry. You can do it. Yeah, I'll remember. Um, but no, thank you so much for listening. This uh, kind of you know wraps up winter for the most part. We got some. Uh, we have some cool episode ideas coming up. Um, one that I think is pretty interesting is just. Dude, beginners, you got to stay with it and you're going to be frustrated and you just, just, you're, it's tough to get from that first year into that second year, from that second year into that third year. So hard to do um, that I think we can talk about it for almost a whole episode because so many people going from year one to year two get dissuaded and they bounce and maybe they should be. I was just going to say that. Like, if you don't like it, get out. I know, shout out to our buddy Tom, uh, that's one of our mentees this year, and to our buddy Steve. They're two really good examples to use. Um, They care, and they really did what they were supposed to do, and they weren't lackadaisical in their beekeeping, and both of those guys um, have really healthy-looking bees going into winter right now, and I feel good about it. Um, I've had some mentees in the past that are like, yeah, you know, I just don't feel like doing that or, oh, oh, I missed that treatment or, oh, I missed the testing here or there. And then they're dead. The bees are dead. They didn't survive. Um, and they got dissuaded and a couple of people we know bounced again. Maybe they should have. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we also. It's not for everybody. We, we also have too many beekeepers. Let's be honest. Yeah. There's too many beekeepers. So. But thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Um, go check out Carajo Skincare and Bee Farm. Um, there's still some time to order for the holidays. Yeah, we got a got, bunch of great stuff. Kara's cranking right now. Yeah, a lot of soap. Soap is a really good gift to give. Yo, oh wait, hold on. Let's talk about this real quick. What? <laughs> um, so for what was it? Small business. Ah, oh, we didn't talk about this. No, let's talk about it. We get, we're only at 50 minutes right now. All right. So, so <laughs> first, okay. So I'm overwhelmed after Ida, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I, I don't really want to promote business so for black friday for small, small business, business saturday, saturday blah 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 cyber monday i used to give like 20 percent off and i was like yeah i'm not gonna do that and then you know it's this whole like every time thanksgiving comes around i'm like what is thanksgiving i just like i'm so conflicted about it and because of like you know just and thanksgiving this year for us was a very holidays holidays as a whole is a very different thing right now we need to it needs to be restorative for us and yeah we're so, kind of bubbling ourselves a bit. So um, we decided to give 20% of every order from Black Friday to Cyber, throughout Cyber Monday to the Lenape um, Nation of Pennsylvania. And it was awesome. And we raised like 100 bucks. And so um, I said to Greg, I'm like, what? So the, we, we have, when we did 20% off of every order, free shipping no matter what order before we got a lot more business. We right. sold a lot more Carajo skincare and beef farm stuff than we did when we just said, Hey, you're not going to save any money and customer 
we're going to donate the money you would have saved in previous years to, to the Lenape nation. So I said to Greg, I'm like, how do I tell people how much money we raise? Like, what do I do? And he was like, I don't really. I was like, do I say we raise so much money? He's like, I don't think we raise that much money. Like, I think people need to realize like that exactly what he just said. So, I mean, I wasn't like mad about it, but it was like it was a kind of an interesting test of I wonder how people will, will respond to this. And it was clearly not the best. You know, oh, I th- we still got $500 in orders over a few days. That's yeah. cool. That'd be amazing if that happened every few days. But it was less than before. I, before it was like maybe like $1,500 in orders over a few days. So so that just like kind of made me think. And I was like, well, what if next year, like, do I want to do this every year? And I was like, what Hell if- Hell yeah, we want to do it every year. Yeah, but that was like, okay, how do I go about doing this? Or like, in what facet do we do this? Yeah. And uh, so I was like, maybe we could do, and I didn't even mean it as like anything. I was like, maybe we could do, you choose, you can choose either you give the 20% to the Lenape nation or you get 20%. And Greg was like, oh, damn. (laughs) No, I think it's badass. Yeah, but you're going to make people choose. It's kind of a call to arms, right? It's like, all right, dude, which coupon code are are you using? And here's the deal. Yeah, we're all in hard times. Like there's nothing wrong with accepting twenty percent discount for yourself, especially on items that are like self care pamper that we all skip all the time when we're short of money. Like, cool, take the twenty yeah, percent. I'm like not no judging. Judgment. I'm not yeah. judging you, but it sets up an interesting. It's, a, it's an interesting to be like, do I take for the people that it's not that big a deal them saving twenty percent? Do they go with the I save twenty percent? Or do they go, no, I'll donate it. Are we going to do that? We. I kind of want to. I'm curious. People, hit me back if you think it's a bad idea. I think maybe it could also be people like, you're going to make me choose, so I'm not going to order it all. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, a lot I'll of- tell you this. Hold on. Go ahead. When I valet parked cars in high school, when a Mercedes-Benz pulled up, they always tipped like $1. When a Honda Accord pulled up, they always tipped like $5. And it always just makes me wonder that people with money go, they save money. (laughs) Right. You know, like maybe that's why they have more money. But will you, when you put it in front of them, will they choose to save money? It's just, I don't know. I kind of feel like it might backfire on us and we might not get any orders at all. Well, somehow we're going to donate. We're definitely going to donate. It might not be. I mean, we donate and don't even say things all the time. Like, we don't even need to make it a big thing either. We can just donate. Yeah, but my whole point with the Lenape Nation was- You're spreading, yeah. It's spread awareness. And you did a lot. I learned, shit, I learned how to say Lenape instead of Lenape. Yeah. People hit me up. They're like, oh, wow, that's good. (laughs) Yeah, we need to recognize. And there's some cool resources um, for it. If you go to Care Skincare and Bee Farm on Facebook- um, you can, you know, there was some interesting stuff. There's like a map to find out whose land you're on. And, you know, being a beekeeper is stewarding the land and whose land are we really on? And, you know, just acknowledging that. And I found that to be really powerful. Um, so I encourage everybody to do it. Hell yeah. So be well out there. Be well out there. Um, if we don't don't hear you don't hear from us uh, through the holidays, I hope you have a wonderful Christmas and New Year's and whatever you celebrate. I hope it's really great. And I and also you do what's best for you. I also think that like from like send us questions that you have from this year or questions that you have 
going into next year for you know yeah. the next couple of podcasts. Like, One of these days, love- I should just like read the text message questions and the email questions people send. Yeah, for sure. Just like mentees and people in the club and stuff send and me. And we can answer them. And we can talk about it. It's a great idea. Because I also like, I say like, this is what I think. This is what we would do. But like, you know, might not be the right thing. There might be, there's always other options. There's also so many variables. Yeah. So. It's not, nothing's black and white. But thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it. Sorry we haven't had as many episodes as we liked. Um, but hey, first year we've knocked out 11 episodes so far. I think that's pretty cool. We didn't even talk about this last beer that we cracked. Oh, man, Penn Druid. Check out Penn Druid Brewery in Shenandoah. Uh, Penn it's cool. They're amazing. These three brothers, they have a band called Pontiac. Check out Pontiac, P-O-N-T-I-A-K. It's a really rad beer. I'm excited to drink it right now. Thanks again for listening. Bye, guys. Love y'all. Peace.